0: What the hell is the name of this thing? The
1: Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by
0: the award-winning Evan Grant. This
1: has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You're working on typewriters. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last?
2: Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this
1: is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the College Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody.
0: Welcome in. We don't have Evan Grant with us, and that's a good thing. It's not so cluttered up in the in the studio here. I'm here with Barry Horn. That's, I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn, and that's one less Yankee. Yeah.
2: Actually, Evan's not a Yankee. Yeah, he's he's from not Atlanta. a Yankee.
0: He, sh- he really is. Though. I know. He really is. But we'll, joining us today is our as our, our old pal and the and the and great former Sooners coach, Cowboys coach Barry Switzer. Hi, Barry. How are you?
2: Kevin, how are you guys south of the red today?
0: We're, we're doing very well, very well. Thanks very much. We appreciate you joining us. We want to jump right in here. I want to ask you, what's your take right now on the college football playoff? And, and of course, the, at this point when we're talking to you, the, the second rankings have not come out. Uh, the first rankings had at the top uh, uh, Alabama Alabama, number one, Clemson number two, <laughs> Michigan three, and Texas A&M four. Now that's, cha- that's going to change up a little bit this week.
2: Well, it should, but obviously uh, I don't know who uh, out there could forget Alabama being number one. (laughs) You have kind of hesitated and kind of disappointed me. I almost said Ohio State. I don't (laughs) know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. You're you're a fiction writer, so I'll give you a break (laughs) on that. I appreciate that. Anyway, not knowing who the best team out there is. But, no, seriously, I've watched Alabama closely this year. I've, I've tried to watch them all year long from the beginning because I wondered if they were going to have enough quarterback uh, play to be able to contend again because uh, <clears throat> of their situation and uh, lack of experience. And all of a sudden they insert one of those players from Harris County, uh, Texas, that uh, is leading them to a national championship. I don't know anybody can beat them. Uh, they're too good on defense. Uh, no one can play against them, uh, uh, move the ball offensively against them. And uh, this quarterback has answered the question Kind of, he's kind of like the, the Dak Prescott of uh, pro football. So, he's gone out there as a collegiate player and doing the exact same thing for them and uh, just winning every week after week after week. And uh, and it was a good game against LSU this past week until the fourth quarter, and uh, it's just their domination just took over, and it was a different football game from then on. But uh, they never been. Yeah, I don't know who second. No, who second is a long way second. I'll say that.
0: I, I think so too. I, I tell you what, I, I was you know watching that LSU game, and and that was that you know now that's not the kind of games you used to play, Barry. You never got involved in those games that were nothing to nothing going into the fourth quarter. You're hanging half a no, hundred. On,
2: you're you're yeah, hanging half a hundred no, on everybody. No, no, that was a little different. Now you got to remember, I I, I sent uh, Bob's uh, Mike Stutz a tweet a couple weeks ago. They got in this big shootout. We all saw We saw the TCU shoot, and we saw the Texas Tech shoot, shootout. And, of course, I do com. we will throw that out there. Sure. <laughs> it's a live streaming on the, uh, that I sit in my cabana with Thomas Lott and Mark Rogers, who does radio up here every day. And we, we compete against whoever the hell ever, ESPN or at Fox or so, whoever sends the uh, stadium over here to do color on our game. So you have a choice to listen to us and them. So, anyway, we're, we're, we're watching the, this game, and I'm seeing our tweets. We answer live tweets that come in. And in the first quarter, in the second quarter, he was already fired. They were asking for his resignation in the first quarter, but they were firing him <laughs> in the second quarter of the shootout. But, you know, when the game was over, and I'm sitting there reading the paper the next day and all the negative that came about of the game, I sat down and tweeted Mike Stoops a tweet. I said, Mike, I remember coaching in the '60s, the '70s, and the '80s when all offenses lined up tight, and uh, defenses could line up tight, and we could, uh, you know, play man on man. I mean, play man for man up front, and, and physically play good, tough defensive football, and and control the games, and, and win seven to three, 14 to seven. To, uh, and of course, if I was really better than everybody else, I could hang that half a hundred on. But nobody's could score on me. And no one, uh, you know, I had one year, the most points ever scored was 14 uh, by a game in Nebraska. It scored 14 on me. No one else could do that. And uh, so those days are over with. And I I, I pointed out to him, I said, I'm going to tell you, you'll never have those days again because of the skill and the talent that everybody has, the limit of scholarships. And the population we have out here now has created a talent pool of outstanding high school football players. No one can recruit but one quarterback, and everybody can get a quarterback, and everybody can get skilled receivers. And uh, they proved it the TCU and the, uh, Baylor and everywhere else around the country, they have them. They're there. And uh, when you have to play in space today offense, uh, offensively uh, with the talent that they have, and you've got to defensively go out and try to defend them in space, as they do every down after down after down, it, the game has changed so much that you'll never see. When I saw the, the biggest surprise of the year, Kevin, do I talk too much? Or you, is this? No, much? you're yeah, good. We're doing like, this. Okay. All right. Okay. You, you, the biggest surprise of the year so far in college football, to me, was the 14-7 game Michigan played. What was it they played? Was, was What was it? i, I I'm, to have a score like that today with the the offenses that score and the defenses that we have that uh, you know out there that. Uh, and some can't, and Oklahoma can't play. When you can't rush the passer and you can't cover, that's a bad combination with defense. And that's what Oklahoma's had so far. Right. And that's what happens to a lot of people. I said today you have to have a good defense. Defense still wins like with, for you, just like Alabama's. But maybe you better be able to score a bunch of points, too. and uh, or, you're, or you don't have to, like Alabama. You just uh, put, you just shut the other team down so bad, they can't score. and Finally, you get a few and you, you can win the ballgame. But there's no many, not many Alabamas out there. No, uh, the the, the,
1: the, let let me, the 14-7 game was Michigan over Wisconsin. Yeah, but I, just now, look, I remember something
2: like that. I, you know, but it's I, unbelievable. I,
1: did Did Nick Saban take a page out of your book by coming into Texas and taking a quarterback?
2: Uh, well, well, I think that he's doing what I've always advocated. I recruit the, the black quarter. I was recruiting the black quarterback before everyone else did because I recruit the best players at all positions. because it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you see, I've, you go all around the country Who's playing running backs has always been protected. For, for, who's playing every position, you know? And I, and I obviously i recruited the, the black quarterbacks in 1971 playing for me at Oklahoma and no one else. And you weren't even playing in the Southwest conference of black athletes and, uh, or the sec when I was doing the right thing and no one else was. But, uh, no, I've always had that philosophy, and, and the Alabama wins, by doing two things that I believe in. You play great defense, great defensive players, you win with defense first, then the running game. And that's exactly what they do. They haven't changed a bit from the philosophies of the 70s and 80s and 90s from Nebraska. Nebraska won with the great defense, the running game, dominated the 90s. Uh, Tom Osborne's playbook of the 90s. They run the option. They threw six or seven play-action passes and hit them wide open every time. And uh, But they ran the, the football, won three national championships in a row there, uh, about four or five years span. And uh, they ran the I formation. They lined up tight, had a flanker and a split in. But they ran north and south and ran the option. They made you defend the, per- the perimeter of the field, the width of the field, and the perimeter of the defense, and uh, ran at you north and south, split inside, tight inside and ran the option, and play-action pass, and kicked your butt. Well, uh, no one does that anymore. Alabama is, and they're kicking butt, and they'll continue to do that.
0: Because he, he gets he gets the best players. I mean, he's getting guys on defense. Well,
2: yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. But, there's, yeah. uh, but that talent pool in the south, all across from Florida, all the way over to Texas, that's the best talent pool in the country. Right. You can take the draft. Go through the damn draft every year. Look like at the first, second, third round, first eight picks hell the big ass linemen are all out of that area. They're right. they're counter- and and that's that what area. he's getting.
0: He's getting the best linemen.
2: And that's what Oh, to he me, gets different. to select the best players. And and here's the thing about people say, well, hell they cheat, he's cheating. Hell I used to get that in the seventies. People would tell you, oh, they're cheating and cheating when we were kicking everybody's ass. But don't you understand the good players want to go where good things happen? They want to sure. be on national television. They want to play for championships. They want to play for national championships. They want to win the Heisman. They gotta go places where you're surrounded with good people. When you step in the huddle, you've got as good a people there as you are to be able to accomplish those goals individually. So great programs attract great players. And he does that at Alabama. And we've done that at Oklahoma. And uh, they've fallen off a little bit right now. But I think Bob's got a chance to bring them back. That's why I was against Houston being in the damn league. You know, why do we have to compete against another school south of the Red River to have to recruit against and be in the same damn league with them? And, uh, of course, uh, I've been against that. I, the, the people, they, I tweet that out. And of course, they wear me out. But why in hell? I want to support Houston. I don't want to help them. I want to help Oklahoma. I thought it was a mistake to let TCU in the league. And I, I voiced that opinion. But you gave them credibility. I can't even name you the damn league they were. What league were they in? Well, well, what, what
1: league uh, weren't they in? That's they the were in lots of leagues I don't know. over the years. Who the hell knows? They, they, were, in they were in lots in of leagues. Who in the Mountain West Conference.
2: in hell they are today, right? You wouldn't yeah. know. That. No, They're you're, you're, you're right, right now. But. Well,
0: that's it. That's the whole problem for me. And I, and I wrote a column about this makes Barry mad when I say this. That, but the problem for the Big 12 is, is that it's, uh, it's not diverse enough. If you look at all the if you look at the Big Ten and you look at the SEC, they are 14 schools in 11 states. So in most of those states, they are the number one program in that state the whole state is behind them like lsu like Certainly. arkansas you know and so you right. and so when you have that going for and you lock up your state and then you're able to get everybody and i don't mean just the recruits you're locking up everybody everybody in that state is for your team in texas there are 12 division one schools you know in just it's, in texas
2: it's simple uh, it's kevin it's simple in the in the southeastern conference every school has the University of Tennessee, the University of Georgia, LSU State University, the University of Alabama, University of Florida. They're all the universities that have 100,000 seat stadiums. Right. That's the difference. You bet. That's the difference. Our league here, held the old Big 8, hell, they had the stadiums that were covered in ivy. I mean, I thought I was in the Ivy League when I didn't go to Iowa State <laughs> and Kansas State. I'm serious. There were 30,000, 40000 seats stadiums, and they had ivy growing off of them. Very beautiful. It's very charming and all. They were old school like Harvard and Yale and all of those Eastern Columbia schools. I mean, it, it really was a throwback. But we, we were we we're, we're, we're divided. We have a couple of schools in each state. and uh, Just take Iowa State. Well, they're not the University of Iowa. They're yeah. Iowa State, right? You know, you're not the University of Kansas, even though Kansas ain't worth a damn. But they, they are in basketball. <laughs> they can play basketball uh, Yeah. yeah. there. Yeah. They can hoop it up. Yeah, but you know that the point is they aren't the number one school, and that's what you're talking about. They aren't the university in populated states. You take Kansas; we got two million people. We got three million people. You take Nebraska; only got two million people in the damn state. They don't have any black talent up there. There's not a. There's no. They've got to import players. They've got to recruit abroad. It is tough. Oklahoma has to recruit abroad. We have to import players to come to Oklahoma to be able to contend for uh, be a national power. Without a doubt, And if Texas didn't sit south of the Red River, and we used to be able, back when I recruited 30 years, 20, 30 years ago, well, well, it's been 30 years since I coached.
1: Yeah, a long time, but, man. You know,
2: 30, and 40 years, it, 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 there were only two programs kids would consider going to it's Texas and Oklahoma. They were the only two programs winning 10-11 games a year that were contending for national championships and were playing in the, in the bowl games because we were winning the championships, going to the Orange Bowl and playing someone for the national championship. And uh, so it, that's, but now it's uh, because of parity, only 85. Hell, I used to take 50 players, Kevin. Then they went to, in 1972, they went to 30 scholarships. Hell, I'd rich at that 30. I still have the 150 dressed out, and they'd all be good players, and all of them from Texas. And then, uh, you know, today is only 85, and you got 340 million people in the United States. Anybody can get good. That's why Louisville can get good. Houston can get good. You know, Cincinnati can get good. Anybody can get good. But that old wishbone maybe still beat your ass. Houston. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
0: Barry, I want to ask you, the one thing when we were talking about Alabama a while ago, I thought that A&M for a quarter, about two quarters – Gave you an insight into this is how you can beat these guys. You're going to have to be able to to rush the passer, and you're going to have to be able to throw deep on them a little bit. And and I and I, there's no way LSU was going to do that. They did a phenomenal job defensively against them, but they just simply don't have a quarterback. That's that's why Les Miles no, is no coach no at offense. LSU.
2: They have yeah. no offense. They have never had an offense at LSU. LSU is a great job. I've always said that if, if, from the Charlie McClendon days. I'll say it that. I recruited LA, uh, Louisiana. I recruited New Orleans St. Aug. High school was a great play. I got a lot of great players, all Americans out of St. Aug. High school, uh, great school there, and uh, the Purple Knights in uh, New Orleans. And uh, I always said that school, that state had great talent, uh, great black talent. And uh, LSU has linemen that can line up and play. The front seven of LSU can play with Alabama because they're big, they're physical and strong. They're the same kind of people. The same prototype. But everywhere else, the philosophy, the talent, the skill isn't the same as Alabama's got, and certainly it's not a quarterback, and they don't have a quarterback. No. You stick, you plug a quarterback into most of these schools, you stick a Des uh, Prescott in there, and it changes everything. That did for Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they made, it, it, you know, this this cat for Dallas. It, it, he and. Uh, he and uh, the Elliott, the guy, are the two contenders of rookie of the year right now. They're the only two. You know, the Dallas Cowboys. You got Wentz up there, but they keep getting beat at uh, New England and in New uh, oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, right. you're only two right now A rookie of the year. Are these two guys. They might be co- rookies. They year. could be. You know, Bear. And, uh, but.
0: I want to change. I want to change uh, uh, gears here with because we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about the situation at Baylor, uh, and and you you said this at one point, and and I and I and I have written this that you said this. Of course, you have that everything that happened uh, there at the end at Oklahoma. You said, uh, uh, you, you know, obviously uh, the head coach is not to blame for all of that necessarily, but you were accountable for it. And that, that there was one of the things that I, was really striking to me that you would say that, and and because... Well, we ha- it has
2: to stop somewhere. It, right. We're not going to let it go on to the president of the university when something happens on campus. You know, uh, obviously, at the, the campus student body, right, it, it, it's uh, the, 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 those guys at the top are isolated administration. But in an athletic practice family, in an athletic program, the head coach uh, is, uh, is one that's going to be held responsible for the actions and behavior of, of his players, and even though we can't spend twenty four hours a day with the uh, with the hundred players that are out there, you know, there's no way we can we so most people can't even contain their own children and uh that's true. And, and they have enough problems with that but uh you know it's our job every day we do good the coaches do good the, do good talks all the time, make thousands of them, thousands of them but the guy that sitting that messes up is the guy sitting there thinking he's you're talking to the guy next to him, not him yeah and I got used to have to call him in my office, sit him down with that one look around, look your right, but you left with me and eye now did you see anybody he says no and now, you know, I'm talking to your ass, nobody in here, so I want you to understand this. You know, it's hell of a note that you have to have individual sessions with kids, but you do in some cases. But sometimes that doesn't make a difference. And you have these kids, you give second chance to and people criticize you for that as coaches. But these kids, when we're recruiting, we're 17, 18, 19-year-olds, and we're supposed to develop and be productive citizens for the next 40, 50, 60 years. You don't quit on them, so I'm not going to quit on them, so I give them an extra chance. And I was in one room one day at the end of my career. I made a comment to my team squad. I, I said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have given him a second chance. I had a kid stand up in the back of the room and say, coach, no, you didn't make a mistake because you gave me a second chance, and I took advantage of it. So I've always thought about it. You never hear about the success of second chances coaches give to the kids. You never hear about them because they take advantage of it, and they don't screw up again, and they go on and become productive citizens, get their degree in play. But there are many kids, many kids. If you go go back and peel it back, they were in trouble, and hey, and, and they were given second chance by a coach. Now there's certain uh, violations you can't have be given second chances on, but I did uh, evaluated them and uh, looked at them the right way. But but we're held accountable and responsible. It doesn't happen pro football. I go pro football. You think I'm held accountable for the actions, behavior of those guys over at the White House when they, when uh, they all gathered? Remember the old White House? Oh, yeah yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Valley and, and all there. You know, the greatest line I ever I ever thought, Jerry and I, and you've probably heard me say this, but when we called Michael Irvin in, Jerry and I were sitting there looking at Michael Irvin, and then we asked Michael, I said, Michael, why in the world would y'all think about doing something like this? And Michael looked at us like, like we were idiots. He said, look, look, well, Coach, we were trying to do the right thing the wrong way. Stay out of the public. Don't <laughs> hang out in these clubs. Don't I looked at him I thought, I, I understand they're thinking the rationale. We were trying to do the wrong thing the right way. If, you know, keep it out of the public, be out alone, be by themselves. <laughs> you damn media following their ass around and cover this. Big story, big story, big story.
1: if players deserve a second chance, do coaches deserve a second chance?
2: I hope so. I hope Mike Leach gets his. You know, Mike Leach, is, if he wins and <laughs> plays in the Rose Bowl, God, I hope someone gives him a program. He can recruit blue chip players on defense, a program to contract defensive players. Mike Leach is best. There I he is. We love we love covering him. He got a little out of hand
0: there with his with his. He kind of got a, a crosswise with his president at Texas but Tech, but and they, that was oh, a so big. Thing. Like
2: the administration knows what what let them hire, hire coaches. What the hell are you talking about? Those guys that never covered a kickoff or brought one back, what the hell they know about football? Well, that's All a good point, too. Keep, well, that's a damn – I know what I'm talking about. It's been 50 years in the damn uh, college. You game. could say the same thing about sport, sports writers, too. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well. That's true. Well – Maybe
0: maybe some you, – you, osmosis ought to get somebody. <laughs> there you go. Well, absolutely. That's but what I told somebody the other day. I can remember back in the old days when I was covering Houston for the old Houston Post and, and, and Bill Yeoman would wave me out to the field and I would go out there and stand with him for 45 minutes uh, every practice and we would talk right. about stuff that was going on. And it was a tremendous education. And the problem is today is you can't get him up next to these coaches anymore. They're, you get, get no, them for about 20 minutes a wrong. week and that's a problem.
2: I used to have after every home game here, I would have uh, media and all. The, they didn't have to be invited; they knew who was welcome, and they all came. And in out of town media, I invited the guys in Kansas City, St. Louis, or wherever the hell they were from. They all came to. They knew they were welcome. They come to my house, which, be in the kitchen, till late at night, talking football or whatever. And they, you didn't have to tell them what's on the record, off the record. You just, you just talk openly, and they knew just said, "Hey." That said, uh, hey, that you're, you're not going to break this confidence, and and uh, and uh, they didn't. And th- that was the day. That day has gone. Shit, you can't invite anybody here to your house and uh, talk
0: about everything you want to talk about. Barry, yeah. we always want to talk to you. You're the, you're the best. We're going to let you go because we know you're a busy man, but we'd love to have you back again. We need to talk more about the the CFP as we get closer here to see if anybody's going to catch up with Alabama and give them a, give them a shot. We want you to, to tell us now where Coach's command is going to be this week.
2: We are on the campus corner. We're doing uh, all home games OU plays. We're on campus corner with our coaches Commandant and we got about 50,000 people come by our setup up down there. I got my old ex quarterback Thomas Lot and Mark Rogers and I sit there and people come by and like it. We got camp, uh, big screens up everywhere. You can see us in the game and, and the game that's going on. We're there for about 4 or 5 hours. So it's it's uh, really a neat uh, festive, uh, you know, uh, but Along with a dozen other sponsors, we have it's a pretty good concept, and we like doing it, and it's fun. And uh, and uh, I don't have to go to the game; I can watch it on TV and talk about it. There you go. You know, well, that, y'all take it easy yeah. on
0: Baylor up there, okay?
2: They they're having a rough no, go. Been, you know, Baylor got beat. Oh, who is it? TCU whipped them. Yeah, by, TCU the put it on them
0: last week. That's that's true.
2: Yeah, I was not yeah, expecting well, that. I wasn't. I wasn't either, and I was I was surprised that OSU was an underdog again, stayed up there, and they proved it wrong too. Yeah. Oklahoma has got. Uh, I thought Baylor and Oklahoma State and uh, uh, West Virginia would be a tough role for Oklahoma here. They might. I don't know if they win all three, but but uh, if they do, hell, they're the champions again. And,
0: uh, That's a remarkable thing, isn't really it?
2: Really awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It is. But it they
2: played They lost
1: to the two good teams. Yes, they it's did.
2: Really, think about it, they lost to the two good teams. So what's the disgrace in that, hell? they – you know, Ohio State's a damn good football team, and Houston's a good football team. But they were. But can't a wishbone team. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Can't beat Navy. <laughs> no, that's right. You can't. How about that? Barry, uh, Barry it's great it's having good. you on, okay? Make sure you're going to come take back care. with us, okay?
2: Take care. Uh, I'll be sending you an invoice to the talent deal. Okay? There you go. Care, I like Navy. it.
0: We will. We'll take yeah, that.
2: Right. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Kevin, what are you going to do when you get that invoice?
0: I'm going to just frame it, put it up on the wall. I'm not going to pay attention to it, yeah. Barry, Barry will, he'll, he'll let you know that uh, sometimes he, he gets on these things and people, and they go on and on. You know, part of the deal is, though, is that we were willing to do 15 minutes with Barry.
1: We're 24 minutes, and well, we could, we probably could have done another 24. You've got to
0: cut him off. Uh, he's great, though. I, I love Barry. He's got, he's got an opinion on everything, and he's not afraid to express it.
1: No, he gives a little history lesson there.
0: Yes, he does. And what well, uh, again he keeps up too. You know, that's the thing. He's like all these coaches. They they know what they're talking about when they watch this stuff.
1: Well, I know how old you are, and I know how old I am. Yeah. And, and I, when I was, I was a little kid when when he was when he was coaching at Oklahoma. I think I was. No, he coached them in the late '80s. No, no, no. But at the beginning of his career. Oh, at the, beginning? At the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At I, used sure. to, I used to sit home and watch the Oklahoma, Nebraska game uh, every Thanksgiving, and I'd go, "Wow, you know." And I, I was, I was not junior
0: high. No, those are great you know, games to watch. You know, I, I'll say this, too, because we, we talked about Jamel Holloway recently. I was looking up something. Our, our good friend Barry Trammell had written something about him catching up with, with Jamel Holloway. I've always been fascinated by him. And, and Barry will say this, too. Jamel
1: Holloway, who beat Troy Aikman out at yes. Uh, he Yes.
0: Barry will say, and he, Barry saw all those guys, Tom, Thomas Lott included. He says that Jamel Holloway was the best option quarterback he ever saw, and I agree with him 100%. Now, I had people from Nebraska say that, oh, Tommy Frazier was better. I think Tommy Frazier was great won national championships, okay? So so did Jamel Holloway. He won one. Before Jamel got hurt, I never saw anybody run the option like he did and could turn the corner. And people love offenses now. But I'm telling you, to me, it was just as exciting to watch Jamel Holloway run that option. And to go out there, is he going to pitch it? Is he going to keep it? What's he going to do? And to watch him beat the corner and and turn that corner, there were very few quarterbacks who could do that like he did. That was fun to watch.
1: You know what I learned most in that podcast? What's that? That he considers Texas a broad we're, we're, you know, we're abroad. We're over the. Road. Oh, no, no. So, so yeah. we're 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 abroad down
0: here. Hey, he's right about that, though. What would they? What would? What would Oklahoma have done all these years without Texas as a recruiting ground? And, and, and Oklahoma, when you say oh, they need, they, when, you, when you say Saban's taking a p- uh, page out of Barry's book, it's not about the black quarterback, because everybody recruits black quarterbacks. But
1: quarterback he came in now. and got a quarterback. And he came he in and got, got he, a guy he, from Texas. And that's. And why, and I that's, think if you look at the roster, I, he might be the only player from Texas. On, at uh, Alabama? I, he might. I think I looked it up. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I don't, I don't know. Take it's my word. Question. Will you take my a, word? And, let,
0: and let's say where Jalen Hurts is from. He's from uh, Channelview. Which is outside of Houston.
1: It's still Harris County? Yeah.
0: Harris County's a very big county. No uh, and so, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, you know, I will say this about Jalen Hurts, uh, not a great passer. Uh,
1: he's a freshman, though, right? I mean, he's a freshman, he's and maybe he'll time. get
0: maybe he'll get better at this. The, the thing about him is he's unflappable, you know. And now he did. Fumble, did turn it over a couple of times in that game. I was a little surprised by that. But, uh, but, but LSU was really up for that game, and that game is in Baton Rouge. And that's a very difficult place to play. It's a very emotional game. And that was such a throwback game, though. It was just so crazy to go in the fourth quarter. It's nothing to nothing in the fourth quarter, starting the fourth quarter. That doesn't uh, ha- has no. there
1: ever been a Big 12 game when it was nothing to nothing going in the fourth no, quarter? No, usually I think the games start with points, yeah. it seems like. So, nothing to nothing at, at the kickoff, and that's, and that's, about, the ele- that's correct. about the end of the thing.
0: All right, we got to move on. We got other things to do, places to go. We got Evan Grant. We're going to have on with us to uh, talk about the the GM meetings out there in Arizona, baseball Maybe, the, on the Ranger podcast. And me, we had, did we have a Cowboy
1: podcast? We had there? a Cowboy
0: podcast. We talked to Johnny Machota, Johnny Matches about uh, what's going on in that locker room and how that that locker room is a hundred percent behind Dak Prescott.
1: Why wouldn't said. it be though? I'm not, that wasn't surprising. That no. wasn't like, not in, and not the the whole thing about Jason Wynn. He's behind. Of He's course, behind he that. is. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, just win, baby, and that's, yes, that's absolutely what they, that's that's what they've done. Fixes everything. I, I, you know, I think the Cowboys will beat uh, the Steelers. I do too. I'm not sure who I'm going to pick them to
0: lose to now. Sooner or later, yes, they'll so, yeah, lose a game just because that's what happens in the NFL. Everybody has a bag, you know. And he didn't, Dak didn't play great against Philadelphia. People will look at some of those things. The teams that can that can do this kind of stuff and then put some pressure on it and make them have to score points that would be different. They won't be able to run the ball as much. All right, so let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Tommy, take us out of here, would you?
1: Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to
0: subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week.
2: And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.